not only are you dealing with somebody grieving a loved one, mm -hmm. but then you're getting, you're a, as a CPA or as an attorney, whoever they hire, tax professional, you're, you're asking to be let into the very personal financial information of that loved one. And that's, it can seem intrusive. Right. And I understand that. So I always approach my clients, my new clients with the thought that I am treating them how I would want my dad to be treated or how I would want my mom to be treated if they were in the same situation. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back or welcome to the Probate Navigated Show where we believe that if you're confused, you often lose in estate administration. Confusing complexity is the enemy and following a clear pathway with trusted guides is the very best way to successfully navigate probate. I am your host, Jonathan Smith, and my job on the show, as always, is to bring these trusted guides to you so that you can benefit. We hope that you benefit by us providing direction and, if needed, correction as you seek to successfully resolve your estate. This episode is part two of a fantastic, fantastic interview with Kelly Pinkert. If you have not listened to part one, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Kelly is a certified public accountant, founder and owner of Estate Accounting Solutions, a Virginia-based accounting firm that specializes in the preparation of fiduciary accounting reports, as well as all other tax-related matters. In part two, Kelly unpacks a range of important topics, including for all you DIYers, that's right, for all of you do-it-yourselfers who want to do this yourself, she gets into how to discern whether or not you should do it yourself or hire a professional to help you prepare your fiduciary tax returns. In addition to that, she gives some great recommended resources that are free, so you will want to listen to this if you are one of those do-it-yourselfers. In addition to that, she gets into common mistakes and bad recommendations to avoid and lastly, for any executor or fiduciary or personal representative that is dealing with an insolvent estate, Kelly gets into that as well. I am super excited, folks, for you to benefit from Kelly. Once again, she brings so much value. And so now, without any further delay, enjoy episode two. Funny story. I think my, my most difficult fiduciary tax return ever was my very first client that hired me as a state <laughs> accounting solutions. And I remember thinking, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and still to this day, 10, 11 years later, having been doing these returns for that long, I still look back and say, well, that was the most difficult one I've ever done. So there are definitely varying degrees of difficulty for them. So you, you definitely want to have somebody who's you know, bare minimum familiar with them, familiar with doing them, Excellent. Not, not just that they have heard of them. Yes. So what would you say, Kelly, to somebody who's done their own income tax return for the past however many years, and they're looking at this and they're thinking, I think I can do this. This is a unique tax return and tax preparation process. 
any questions or comments or insights that you think would be helpful for them to consider as they make this decision, whether or not they should do it or whether or not they should really go seek some professional advice on this? I think if somebody's been preparing their own taxes for so long, they do have the ability to prepare a fiduciary tax return if there aren't complicating factors coming in there. Um, and there may be brokerage activity running through the estate that can make the fiduciary return um, more difficult than a, a, an individual return. There are things that are deductible on a personal return that are not deductible on a fiduciary return and vice versa. Um, and the reason I think it's so important to get a good tax professional to do a fiduciary return is because the tax rate on estates is so incredibly high. Um, I would say 80% of my clients, maybe even more than that, end up having no tax due because they have enough in deductions or we've been able to find enough in deductions to wipe out any tax that they would owe. But if you have enough income coming into the estate, at a certain point, the income is taxed at 39.6%, mm. which really adds up and really takes a big chunk out of the estate. So you want to make sure that you're having somebody prepare these taxes that can bring that tax liability down as low as it can go. Um, I do believe it's possible for somebody with experience preparing personal income tax returns to file fiduciary income tax returns if they don't have extenuating circumstances going through it. So I don't want to discourage your listeners out there, if they feel they're capable individuals from, from doing those tax returns. If they do those tax returns and come out with a high tax liability, or if they question at all whether it's right, I would recommend that they get it looked over by a tax professional because especially after you close an estate, you can close an estate after you filed and paid your tax returns, but if it comes back that there's an error in those tax returns and the estate owes, say, more money, where are you going to get that money to pay right. those taxes when you've distributed it to all of the heirs or the beneficiaries? They're not going to give it back. I can tell you after 11 years of experience, people don't give money back. So um, that's another situation where the risk would fall on the fiduciary and you just want to protect yourself. It's a valid expense of the estate to pay money from the estate for a tax professional. That's so good, Kelly. And I, I know that earlier you had talked about that people will get through it. It's a complicated, overwhelming, daunting process. And I love that that's one of the first things that you do is you help people understand they can get through it. I also know especially with 11 years of experience and going to the outreach meetings and so many other data points that you have, you see people making mistakes. So let me ask this question, Kelly, what are some of the biggest and most common mistakes that you see people making? I guess it goes back to where I see clients and usually this happens before they come to me because I would steer them otherwise, but where they put themselves personally at risk for financial liability to the estate 
and and this mainly would happen in the situation of the insolvent estate which we spoke a little bit earlier about that um other mistakes would I, i've seen clients and this ha can happen with older clients it's so easy for them to get um overwhelmed with this and and i don't blame them it is very overwhelming um, but I've seen commingling of estate funds with personal funds and, and that's not on purpose. It's nothing malicious. It's nothing they're doing with bad intention, but I've seen executors where they have, instead of opening an estate account, they've just figured they could, you know, and in a hundred percent honesty, they meant to deposit it into their account and pay expenses out of their account. But that's just, um, begging for trouble. So right. I would always encourage fiduciaries to seek help if the estate is or looks to become insolvent. Um, I would tell them not to commingle estate funds with personal funds. Um, that's going to, if they do do that, that's going to make for a very complicated accounting report. Right. Um, and one thing I, I, a rule I try to live by is, with the commissioner of accounts, and, and I'll give you an example, it's easier to ask permission beforehand than it is to ask for forgiveness afterwards. So a good example of this is a fiduciary executor administrator, they're entitled to fiduciary compensation because what they are doing is work. And I always tell my clients, you are, you are entitled to this money, you have earned this money and the amount that they get is based on statute. There's a kind of a, a sliding scale that needs to be applied based on the amount of assets that are, that are under administration. But I always like to run that calculation by the commissioner before we pay that out because it's easier to just get them to bless it ahead of time than to fix any problems afterwards that may arise from overpayments or the commissioner, you know, didn't agree that this should be considered part of the calculation. So, um, and that's a lesson I've learned. So um, I think those are probably the biggest mistakes I see that's that my good, clients Kelly. have made and, um, and they're all fixable. Right but it's expensive and very time consuming to fix it. Yes. What about bad recommendations? I don't know that I've necessarily heard bad recommendations, but I, I think there's a sweet spot that a fiduciary needs to be aware of in seeking professional help with an estate accounting, um, not necessarily with taxes. I think that's pretty cut and dry to go to a tax professional if you need help. But with the actual accounting reports that you're filing with the commissioner, I think it's important if, if an executor is in need of help, they shouldn't automatically assume that an attorney is needed because that is going to be a charge to the estate of hundreds of dollars an hour, especially if you're in Northern Virginia, probably more than that. Um, and I like to help out those individuals who need help but don't need legal level help because right. my hourly rates are half or sometimes even better than that of what an attorney would charge. And don't get me wrong. I have a very mutually beneficial relationship with many attorneys. I do not hesitate to refer my clients out to them 
when there is a need for their expertise or there's something that as an accountant is not within my realm to give advice on. Um, and I get clients referred to me by attorneys and it's, it's a great relationship, but an executor should be aware, especially given that they have that fiduciary responsibility to the beneficiaries and the heirs to maintain that corpus of money, to maintain as much of the money that they can for distribution to them. They have that res responsibility to seek the best help, but at the best value. So, um, and at the same time, executors should also be aware of bookkeepers who are, quote, good with numbers. You, you want to avoid having somebody prepare your accounting that doesn't have, same with the tax professionals. You want somebody who is experienced in this exact type of accounting because I can't tell you how many clients have come to me that have gone to somebody to get their annual accounting report prepared. And I, I almost cry sometimes when I see the invoices that they have paid a lot of money to get something done that is so wrong. And I just end up, they end up having to pay me to correct it. Right. I really just want to make sure you get it right the first time. Um, so I would just recommend to the fiduciary to make a very thoughtful decision about who they hire. You don't want to hire too high and you don't want to hire too. We've got this part where the sweet spot of understanding who you need to hire, when and how you've talked us through how to ask questions, when it would be best to bring somebody who's a tax professional on board to help. Let's talk for a minute about, about the listeners right now. There's many of them that are listening to this and they want to do so much of this by themselves, right? So Sure. It is a lot of work and there are so many people that uh, can do it and will do it very, very well. And they're looking for instructional resources that can help mitigate their risks and also provide the knowledge that they need. Do you have any favorite instructional resources on accounting and tax preparation for estates? And, and if, if you do have rec any recommendations, what would those be? Well, I, I do. And first, let me start off by saying, I know you have listeners out there that can do this and can do a fantastic job on this because I have had clients come to me after they have, sub I, I give them, you know, my, my process is I give them an exact list of everything that I need them to provide to me to do this work. And I have had I've one end of the spectrum. I've had stuff shipped to me in a box, just sh paper shoved in there. <laughs> and that's fine because that's my job and that's what makes it interesting. But I've also had the other end of that spectrum is I've had clients with the, the most meticulous records I have ever seen. Also sending me a draft of the accounting saying, I've given it a shot, but I'm, I'm just not sure. Can you look at it? <laughs> and the, I have wanted to hire some of these people. I love it. Because I love it. they, they I, I think the thing is, is they, think they can do it and they can do it, but they just want that reassurance. Right. And right. that's fine. And I'm happy to provide that as well. So I just wanted to start off by saying that you do have listeners out there that are thinking that they can do it and they can do it. Um, so that being said, uh, there are a few um, different things that I like to reference when I may have a question on how something needs to be done. And one of them, one of my go-tos is the Virginia Bar Association's 
it's called the guide to the administration of decedents estates in Virginia. Yeah, it's, it's very a, good. Yes. It, that has helped me quite a bit over the last 10 or 11 years and it touches on a little bit of everything. So that's a great um, resource to go to. Um, and there's a website that I found myself on often in the beginning of, of my career with estate accounting solutions. And I, I don't visit it so much anymore, but I checked on it and it's still up and running. Um, it's called www.virginiaestatelaw.com. And that website was put together by Edward Stoley, who's the commissioner of accounts in Virginia Beach. He was back then when I started 11 years ago and he still is. And I think that that is a great resource when you have questions on, on certain areas as well. I know that was a great help to me back then, and I know it would be a help to other fiduciaries starting out. And then um, also my website, which is www.estateaccountingsolutions.com. I think that along with the two other resources I mentioned, um, I have a very good summary on there of what is due, when it's due, both taxes and accounting reports. Um, I think those three would be really helpful for executors, administrators, and even for if you have any, any listeners out there that are guardians of minor children or conservators of incapacitated adults or trustees of trusts, um, those are helpful resources. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and then if I, if I can add the outreach session, if you are lucky enough to live in that Northern Virginia area, Commissioner John Rust in Fairfax offers a fantastic Q&A session. And that's on the last Thursday of every month at the Fairfax County Government Center. I, I go there as often as I can and I walk away from those sessions with having learned something new every single right. time I go. So um, I think that's great. And you, you can raise your hand and ask a question very specific to your particular estate that has nothing to do with any other person in that room and he will answer your question. That's and right. Answer it until you understand. So I think that is a fantastic um, resource for those in Northern Virginia, but also know that there are other um, other commissioner's office offices across Virginia. I know Henrico County does it. Um, I know that um, there's an area near Newport News that does it. So uh, if you're not in Northern Virginia, just look into it and there may be similar Q&A sessions around you. And I think those are even better. To have a live person answering your questions is invaluable. Yes, I agree. It's one of the reasons why we started this podcast because we wanted just to put this content out there where people could consume it on their drive or when they're doing anything that would help them resolve their estate more quickly and more efficiently. Sure. Oh, I have one more. Yes. <laughs> one more resource. And again, I, I think highly of the Fairfax Commissioners of Accounts Office. They have a very good website, which even if your estate is not being probated in that county, they have very useful forms, information that's useful to anybody living anywhere in Virginia. And their website is www.fairfaxcommissionerofaccounts.org. Kelly, I know that a number of people listening to this are dealing with an insolvent estate. So let's talk about that for a minute. Sure. And 
maybe the best place to start is with a very general question and then you take it as you, you want to. What, what pathway, what map is someone who's seeking to resolve an insolvent estate, what does that blueprint look like for them to actually do that job? Because it's a very unique situation. It is, and it's a scary situation too. And I know for some executors, it, it can seem like a hopeless situation as well. How, how are you supposed to pay off all these debts when there's no money there? And the commissioner's office, no matter where you are in Virginia, they have a process for you to follow so that you're doing it legally, it's being pre-authorized by the commissioner so you know that it'll be approved when you go to submit it with the accounting. Um, but uh, overall, to answer your question, you're still following a very similar pathway as far as the reports that need to be filed, um, the inventory, the accounting reports, the tax returns even. The thing that's different about insolvent estates is you have these debts rolling in and these expenses rolling in and especially conscientious executors, myself being a CPA and, you know, when a bill comes in, I want to pay it and I, I want it out the door. And I know there's a lot of executors that are like that as well, but for insolvent estates, you have to be very careful and it's going to go against the grain of what you normally want to do. But if your estate is insolvent or looks to become insolvent, you keep those bills and just let them sit there. And those creditors are just going to have to wait because to do otherwise, you're going to end up risking yourself personally. But the blueprint that the commissioner's office gives you is um, there's, there's a hearing called a debts and demands hearing. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is um, it's a hearing put on by the commissioner where any creditor who has a claim or they believe has a claim against the estate can submit that claim to them and the commissioner will be the one to determine what is and isn't a valid claim. And if it is a valid claim based on all of the other claims that have come in and, and been considered valid and based on how much assets are in the account, the commissioner, the commissioner will determine who gets paid and exactly how much they get paid. So it's, it's actually, a really good safety net that they have for you because you're not having to make these decisions yourself. You right. have a person who's ultimately approving your accounting, making those decisions. So I think it's a fantastic resource for fiduciaries and they should be very open to scheduling that debts and demands hearing if they feel that that's necessary for their estate. That's really good. And for anyone who has any more detailed, specific questions, what would your recommendation be for someone walking through an insolvent estate just to reach out to the probate office? Um, for an insolvent estate, I would more so reach out to, to your assigned commissioner of okay. accounts. I think commissioners are very fond of communication. They want to know in the beginning if there's a problem, not in the middle or the end. So um, Fairfax County, has so many, because of the population up there, has so many estates and trusts and conservatorships and guardianships running through it every year. Their current method of communication that they like is snail mail, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is cute. But they do respond. They will respond to you. And 
if you have a problem, my first um, recommendation would be to, to let your commissioner become aware of that problem so that they can help you walk through it. Because again, many of the mistakes that you can make in the administration of an estate, once you make them are very difficult to correct. Well, Kelly, here's a question that I like to ask everybody who comes on this show because it gives an opportunity to simplify the complex, which you have done so very well, and we're very thankful for it. And here's the question. If you could have a billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to thousands upon thousands of people in probate and filing fiduciary tax returns, what would it say and why? Well, I don't know if, I don't know if my message on my billboard would help in simplifying the process, but my message on my billboard, on our imaginary billboard here, I would want it to say something about how I treat my clients because I think, you know, not only are you dealing with somebody grieving a loved one, mm -hmm. but then you're getting, you're a, as a CPA or as an attorney, whoever they hire, tax professional, you're, you're asking to be let into the very personal financial information of that loved one. And that's, it can seem intrusive. Right. And I understand that. So I always approach my clients, my new clients, with the thought that I am treating them how I would want my dad to be treated or how I would want my mom to be treated if they were in the same situation. I just think of how, how confusing and how overwhelming this process can be. And I just want my clients to feel that they are being helped through not by a CPA, but by a friend. So I think in business, you, you can't go wrong if you follow that rule. Um, yes. I, I, I want my business to be, you know, I want my clients to think of me as a light in the dark. And my business logo is, is, looks like this dark little house with a light shining out the front door, which is my way of letting my clients know that although things may seem dark, I have the light on for you and I can help you come in out of the dark. So I would just want my billboard to let my clients know that we will get through this and I'm going to treat you like family. And I, I have, as a side note, I have been invited to some family reunions. I'd like to brag a little bit. <laughs> That's powerful. I think that just speaks really highly of, of how you do conduct your business, Kelly. And I, I didn't, I didn't know that story behind the logo, but uh, a picture's worth more than a thousand words and, and there you go on your billboard you could just have that picture yeah <laughs> well kelly how can people find you where do they go to get more information if they wanted you to help them with their uh, estate tax return and other tax related matters can you give our listeners some information on where they can find you and contact you sure um a, a good place to start if they wanted to learn more about me is my website which i know you'll have as a link, but it's um, estateaccountingsolutions.com. And then the best way to contact me probably is sending an email. And my email address is kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at estateaccountingsolutions.com. And I'm always happy to, one thing I'd like to mention is I don't charge for any initial consultations. So if somebody just wants to call me and run their scenario past me, 
the clock does not start ticking on me working for you until you have, until the fiduciary has decided that they would like me to work with them. So that first conversation, I always like to be no pressure. I'm here to listen to what your particular situation is and see if there is a way that I can help you. That's great, Kelly. That's great. Well, Kelly, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for spending just a little bit of your time with us and for sharing the wealth of expertise that you have in these matters. We are very thankful. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really, really um, excited for the opportunity to have my, my voice heard amongst your listeners because really my, my main purpose in my business is to help people. And I always say, if I won the lottery, I would not quit my job because I really do love my job. I hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. And please make sure to subscribe to the show on whatever your favorite platform is, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. And if you derive value from this podcast, please leave us a review, share any thoughts, recommendations, or uh, suggestions for a guest that you would like to have on the show or a topic that you would like us to unpack and engage with for your benefit. Just by way of reminder, you can find links to everything discussed in the show notes at medium.com forward slash at John J-O-N dot Smith. And for any of you who would like to engage with me, would be happy to do that. The best way to do that would be to engage with me on Twitter at I am Jonathan SM. That is at I am Jonathan SM. And until next time, and as always, thank you for listening. Take care.